Welcome to the Confident and Courageous Clarity Podcast with me, Jatia Jones. Join us weekly for everything clarity. The truth is, once you have clarity, you'll have the confidence and courage to succeed in life and business. If you're new to the podcast, you should know my goal is to help you gain the clarity needed to transform your visions, goals, or dreams into reality. For my OG listeners, you all know that the podcast was birthed from the evolution of Mocha Monday's tip of the week. So when we moved to the podcast, I couldn't just leave you without your mocha. Therefore, at the beginning of each episode, I give you your drop of mocha and you are to implement it throughout the week to help inch you closer and closer to clarity. This week's drop of mocha is, you were born to win, but to be a winner, you must plan to win, prepare to win and expect to win. Let me say that again. You were born to win, but to be a winner, you must plan to win, prepare to win, and expect to win. Zig Ziglar said that, and it's nothing far from the truth. This is why I created my plan to win planner and the plan to win workbook. I want to help you actually break down your huge audacious goals into bite-sized manageable pieces so that you can actually achieve your goal with less stress and less effort. The plan is all you need to win. So I'm going to leave you with this. You were born to win. Remember that. But to be a winner, you must plan to win, prepare to win, and expect to win. So if you want to check out my plan to win planner or the plan to win workbook, go over to my website. And under Plan to Win, you will see both of those options. And you can read to find out more to see which one best fits your needs. I'll also place the link in the show notes. Now go off and be winners. Now to this week's episode. This week's guest is Devin Lee, an entrepreneur since the age of 27 and a self-proclaimed fun big sis for your biz. Officially, she is a certified online business manager and certified Dubsado specialist. She specializes in helping you get your time and energy back by perfecting your client's journey and putting it on autopilot. Unofficially, she is the high-energy hype woman you'll bring a calm oasis to your business. When she isn't creating exceptional client experiences, you can find her studying the Enneagram roller skating and chasing the sun. Welcome this week's guest. Hello, hello, hello. How are you this morning? I'm so good. I'm so excited to be here with you. I'm excited to have you. Thank you so much for um, taking your time out of your day, because I know time is a resource you can't get back, um, to talk with me and the clan that is listening to us, guys. Um, And so we always just start out with everyone telling us who you are and what you do. Absolutely. So my name is Devin Lee. I am a certified online business manager. I'm also a certified Dumsado specialist, and I help service providers take their client journey, perfect it, and then I use Dumsado to put it on autopilot so they can reclaim their time and their energy. I absolutely love that. So I 
found out about Devin and all of her great qualities while I was in Jordan's program done in a day. You guys have heard me talk about that previously. And so, you know, I read and raved all about that. So, you know, she's just as awesome. And so I'm glad to have her come and share um, tools, tips, and knowledge with you all because as solopreneurs specifically, as multi-passionates specifically, we always feel all over the place and there's so much to do and never enough time to do it. And so reclaiming your time is one of the biggest things that excited me about today's conversation. <laughs> um, but on top of that also, just the, the aspect of organizing things and um, the business management part, because a lot of us don't know what we don't know until we learn the hard way. So with that being said, why did you actually get into um, this realm or how did you start in this uh, industry? Yes, okay. So my first business that I uh, started back in, I think 2018, I actually was a professional organizer. Um, which is such a fun job and I learned so much. And uh, one of the business lessons I had to learn almost immediately was around the client experience because, well, first of all, I'm in my client's home during the day. I'm not on my computer. So I had to figure out how to make a client experience, you know, when people had to pay me or scheduling or signing contracts, I needed to find out a way that would make it easy for me when I'm not on the computer. And on the other end, I worked with a lot of folks who had ADHD or executive functioning stuff. Um, that's why, you know, that's why they often needed a professional organizer. So I had to make it really easy for them too. They needed reminders. They needed it to be, the emails to be clear and easy to read. Um, so that was kind of dipping my, my very my first toe dip into how do I start automating things? You know, I got really into acuity, fell in love. It totally changed my life. So that was my first step into like, okay, how do I make things really easy and even a little fun for my clients? Uh, now, even though I loved being an organizer, it was a little bit up and down. Um, some months I did really awesome. Some months was a little bit crickets. So I needed a way to have kind of more steady income. And I had been doing basically virtual assistant work on the side for the past decade since college, just helping random friends and family out with whatever they needed. So I knew, okay, if I start virtual assisting on the side, I could easily get clients and this could be some steady income. One of my first clients was a business coach. It took her about three weeks before she met with me and was like, look, Devin, you're not a virtual assistant. You are an online business manager. I had never heard of that before. <laughs> so I looked it up and she was right. I was, you know, doing more uh, OBM type tasks. So where a VA will take the tasks, complete them, and then give them back to the business owner. And OBM, I was still doing that as well. Um, but I was also helping my clients strategize. I was making sure everything was super organized. I was creating systems. I was creating processes because it just came naturally to me. Um, so I was really excited about that. So I instantly started marketing myself differently and I changed my rate to be more appropriate for an OBM rate um, and was doing that Mondays and Fridays. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday was professional organizing. Um, and where the story shifts is kind of, you know, the same place it shifts for everyone was March 2020. <laughs> Something happened that allowed, like, would it allow me to go into my organizing clients' homes anymore? Um, some professional organizers tried to start doing virtual organizing and they had success. 
that didn't appeal to me. And I was like, okay, I think this is going to go on for a while. So I just completely pivoted to being 100% online business managing. Um, it took about a month before I had a full roster of clients and I realized that I loved it way better. And I was able to take all the lessons I learned in my professional organizing business and apply them to my client's business. And from there, you know, every client I had was so different. I was learning from every, every client I had taught me something new that I could use for another client. So it was really exciting for me. I was learning so much. Um, in 2021, I got certified as an online business manager and um, I was still doing a lot of work around documenting the client journey for each of my clients and finding ways to delegate, finding ways to automate, making sure everything was as efficient as possible and that we had a step-by-step -step process. And then everything changed when I discovered Dumbsado because Dumbsado puts all of that client stuff all in one place. And then they have automated workflows where you can put the client journey on autopilot. So then I really fell down the rabbit hole. I got certified as a Dumbsado specialist and that's primarily what I do now. And that's why we're here today. We're I'm a Dumbsado specialist now. I absolutely love how you connected the dots. Um, especially because most of my listeners are multi-passionates. And so to go from home or organizing to this helps them see that one, that they're not alone and you know there are others out here to make them feel normal, that you can mix all of your loves and your passions together to um, actually do the things that you love. And as you were talking, I was like, oh my goodness, you sound like home edit for businesses. And I was like, this is amazing because I love that show. <laughs> yes, me too. And Marie Kondo, of course. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and this speaks to my soul because I when I started to get organized as a business, frustrated the holy bejesus out of the OVM that I was working with because I had all of my folders like 10 folders deep and I did it all like my way that made sense in my head. So there was a method to my madness, but it made absolutely no sense to know anyone else. And so she helped me get organized in a systematic way so that I can start to hand over some of those tasks and delegate. Um, and it was very painful for me. So the fact that people can find out about you in the beginning stages or before they, you know, go 10 folders deep um, and come to you to get organized and set up to automate things, their life will be so much easier than the growing pains that I went through. Um, and so I absolutely, absolutely love that. Um, what are some of the, referencing back to you said that you've learned from each and every client. What are some of like the biggest lessons that you learned that you implemented into your own business? Oh my gosh, I love this question. No one's ever asked me that before. Um, let me think back to some of my favorite clients. I have one client who, who actually I still work with today. I think he's my only remaining retainer client at this point. Um, he really taught me the power of focusing and prioritizing. Um, he has a bunch of kids. He runs a very successful business. He has a huge team. Uh, he has ADHD. So he has a lot going on and he has never once ever, um, expressed to me that he's feeling overwhelmed or stressed. Um, and he's very successful. And what I noticed, um, 
about him that's different than other folks I work with is he is super focused. He identifies what's important and the rest he just lets go. And I have unfortunately seen a lot of clients, sometimes the place where they get stuck is they get really precious about everything. And there's a balance between, you know, we want there to be quality in our business and we want there to be a certain level of, you know, professionalism and perfection. But if you do that with everything, you can't get anything done. And so he really was able, he just let some things go. And um, it, it really taught me, okay, like what is actually important? Where do I put my energy and the rest? You just got to let it go. Oh, that's um, Sorry, I was just thinking of another client, um, another client that I loved that she really taught me how to be um, a, what I like to call a premium provider, because once we had the basic foundation of the client journey laid out, she then said, OK, now we need to take it up a notch. Can we send a client gift? Can we send them a handwritten card? Can we send them feedback forms once once a week or once a week? Let's check in and let them know what we're doing on our end. Once we're done working with them, let's check in. How's it going? Three months later, six months later. Um, and I had never had a client before put in those extra touches. And I noticed that it changed the way the client felt about the work we were doing. They felt like it just was a different level. And so I try and implement that into my work now as well. I love that. I um. Once upon a time, I was an event planner and I always loved the small little things of the experience just to make people feel special. And um, so I love I love handwritten notes and a surprise gift from time to time. So I love those tips. Definitely, especially um, the focus piece with someone who has ADHD. Um, I coach in a different program and yesterday one of the ladies and she spoke, she was like, I realized I have ADD and I'm accepting it. She's like, I'm broken. And I was like, no, you're not broken. You have a superpower. And once you learn how to use it, you will master everything. I was like, every superhero on the planet did not know how to control their power until after like a time period. There's a learning curve there. And as she was talking, I was like, I'm not officially diagnosed. I'm self-diagnosed because of all of the things that I see. I'm like, yeah, that's me too. And almost every other lady on the call was like, me too. And so to realize that some of the greatest, smartest brains out there actually do function with ADD and are very successful at doing that. But the key was to focus and let some things go. So I thought that was a major point um, my planner that I uh, provide my clients is only is split up between personal and professional. There's no time slots. It's only mm. allowing you to put three things on there that's a must-do and a should-do. As long as you get those must-dos done, you're good to go. Let the rest go, like you said. And the should-dos, they can roll over to the next day because your to-do list is forever growing. Um, and so it gives you permission to actually not be perfect, right? Because I love this, yes. And perfection is all in the process of, of tweaking things. Um, I'm very technical with words. And so it's, it's the process of refining until it's actually perfect. And so you can't get hung up, even though I understand these are, this is your baby, your business is your baby, your passions are your baby, and you want it to be perfect. But 
at the end of the day, it hangs you up and you never really get to that level of success that you desire. So I absolutely love that. Um, so I know that you now mainly function um, not retainers. So when someone is looking for an OBM and they do want them on retainer, um, what are some of the qualities that they should actually look for? Absolutely. Yeah. So I highly recommend if you want to bring an OBM into your business, make sure they are certified. Um, it just, it makes a huge difference. The things you, the process of getting certified, it's the whole training process, the exam, it's pretty rigorous. Um, so there's going to be a difference between someone who is and isn't certified. A good place to start is um, I forget what it's called exactly, but there's an international association of certified online business managers. You can just Google it and they have a whole directory. And then from there, you need to think about what you really want, want help with, because there are many different niches and pockets and OBM can fit into. And everyone has a different thing they specialize in. For example, there are some OBMs who do just launches and they are awesome at that. I personally hate doing launches. So, you know, my specialty was client experience, team management, systems and processes. Um, and so think about what are the things that you value most in a business. And just like when you're hiring anyone, think about what do you value in a person that you want on your team and what are the deal breakers? Because um, no one is going to be 100%, but you can think about, okay, what do I need the most help with? And um, what can I kind of let go? And you know, most OBMs, what they'll do is there's like a 90 day period where they're kind of learning about your business, where they're getting to know the team, you're BCCing them on email, so they can kind of get a feel for how the business runs in general. And then after 90 days, they can start helping you make bigger decisions like, okay, we need a different tool in this place, we need to make systems for this, and they can kind of um, start to see where the spots are in your business and just start getting organized from there. I love that. So <clears throat> what if, or I guess the question really is, would you recommend someone to get an OBM prior to, and because I know you said there are different niches, prior to actually bringing on a team or should they wait um, to after they actually have a team? If they're wanting to, to really hone in on the processes and the systems and the things that are gonna help them buy back their time or at least maximize that efficiency. That is a great question. Um, the way I kind of filtered who is ready for an OBM, because you, you can't start with an OBM unless you have like a bunch of funding or something. <laughs> um, this is not a hard and fast rule, but usually you know you're ready for an OBM where you're getting close to or at, at least six figures. So what I recommend to people, and again, these are not hard and fast rules, but what I recommend is when you're in your business and you're starting to get your stride on your own, and there are tasks that are repeatable that you can easily document, this is what we do almost every time, then you know you're ready for a VA. And a VA can kind of take some of that off of your plate. And then once kind of the bigger thinking stuff kind of starts to feel a little overwhelming, then you can bring in an OBM who can manage the VA, who can help you get organized, who can help you streamline. And then the OBM can help you hire the rest of your team. Some people do it the other way. You know, everyone's business is different, but I think that's what I would recommend to kind of make the most use of what's going on in your business at the time. 
I love that. So you are mainly doing um, I call VIP days. I don't know if you've tokened it anything different yet, but so what does a day in the life look like with working with you? Oh my gosh. Yes. So I love VIP days. I've totally drink the VIP day Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> so when someone works with me, um, the first thing we do is pre-work where I have a series of three questionnaires where I learn everything about the business. One is specifically just like information, like tell me about your business who's on your team what are your goals all that good stuff the second questionnaire is me digging into what does that client journey look like what does it look like when someone reaches out to you what does it look like when someone's ready to work with you what does it look like when someone's done working with you and i kind of pull out what the current journey is i find that most people you know which is totally understandable most people are kind of winging it so they're like, I think I do this and then this happens. And, you know, so I just pull out the pieces as much as I can, as, as much as I can get. And then the last questionnaire is totally like, give me your contracts, any proposals you have, what is your schedule like for appointments and kind of all that, like more admin logisticky stuff. Once that's done, then we can start scheduling the VIP day and the pre VIP day call and the offboarding call. So then the ball is now in my court where I take your client journey and I map it um, using a flow chart. So it's all visual and I get into the nitty, nitty gritty of what emails are we sending, what reminders are we sending, what happens when everything's connected, everything triggers something else. And I, um, I use my experience as an OBM to map out what I think, like my recommendation of the best client journey and I map it out like, okay, how can we best use Dubsado too? Because sometimes people often don't know all the things Dubsado can do, but I do. So I weave it in. And then we meet together. We have an hour call where we talk things out. I have questions and we just make sure that everything looks perfect and that all of your answers are questions, all of your questions are answered, all of my questions are answered and we're good to go. The day of the VIP day, I ask that people be available in case I have some emergency question. I've never had to do that before, but you know, I just ask. And then I say, take the day off. I am going to set up your whole Dubsado. I'm going to take your client journey and create a workflow around it. I'm going to automate as much as I can within Dubsado. And then I create an operations manual that's specific to their business so that they can follow along and they can test it themselves. So during the offboarding call is when I show them around. This is, you know, what your Dubsado looks like. Here's what this form looks like. This is what I made you um, kind of just give them a little tour. And then they get all kinds of I, I call it like a vault. They get all these resources. Here's your operations manual. It has links in it so that you can click on instructions on how to approve a workflow action if that's what you need to do. They get a training library that I'm constantly adding new things to like easily answered questions if you get stuck. Um, there's some bonus goodies that I put in there, which I won't say what they are because they're a fun surprise. Um, and then I have 30 days of email support. So my, I'm encouraging folks to learn Dubsado with their newly set up Dubsado. Because the thing is, there is a learning curve for every technology. You have to learn it. It's so much easier to learn it when it's already all set up for you. Like that is the hardest part. And 
I didn't realize until I started studying for the certification exam, because before I got certified, I was setting up Dubsado for people and they were happy and I was happy. And then I started studying for the certification exam and I was like, oh my goodness, there is so much that Dubsado does that I didn't even know. So, you know, once you have a pro setting up your Dubsado, then you can much easier, easier jump in and just start using it. Um, and then, you know, even when we're done working, I like to keep in touch with everyone I've worked with because the only downside to doing VIP days versus retainers is I fall in love with all of the people that I work with. And so I love to keep that relationship going in whatever way that looks like. Uh, I absolutely like just listening to you like reduces any type of anxiety it's like oh my goodness that'll be done <laughs> I don't have to worry about that later and it makes sense um I absolutely love that and I love the fact that you're like that's the part you miss about retainer clients because when I'm working through cohorts of um, coaching, I'm like, oh, I miss you guys. So I totally get that. Um, and you want to stay in contact some type of way because there are some amazing people out there doing some amazing things. So absolutely love that. Um, so there are three questions that I always ask everyone um, who comes on the podcast. And so um, there's no right or wrong answer, but I just want to, to get your feedback because um, for those of you guys who've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know about the ABCs to clarity, accept, believe, connect. And so I always want the experts or the pros that come on to share some of their ABCs. And so with that being said, what is something that you've had to accept about your past, present, and or future to really free you to reach the infinite heights in business that you've gotten to? I love this question. I think for me, it was accepting what my energy cycles are. So for me, my prime time is like 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. That is when I can get stuff done. Like 11 a.m.-ish to two to three, I am completely useless. <laughs> um, and so two things had to happen, especially when I was first starting my business is one, you know, I'm a very social person, I'm an extrovert. And so I wanted to stay up with my friends who could stay up till 10, 11, and you know, they get up at seven or eight. And what I noticed is when I tried to do that and tried to run my business, I would lose this like, these key hours in my morning where I could really get stuff done. And so that was a whole journey to accept, like, I need to find a different way to connect with the people that I love. And on, on the business side, professional side, when I first started, you know, you have this idea, I didn't know what showing up consistently really looked like. I thought it was like, you know, the same as when I worked in an office, like you get there at eight, you stay till five. Um, and I knew when I worked in an office, I was not productive all of those hours, but I was like, well, now I'm working for myself. So I got to make the most use of my time. I'm working all day. The stakes are higher. This is my dream. And there were some days where I just found myself like I couldn't get off the couch and I was just watching TV. Um, and I think I had to come to terms with, okay, I have times of the day where I am making magic movements. And then like, you know what, noon to two, I have accepted that like, I need to maybe just watch TV for two hours or take a nap, like lay down. 
And that was such a huge shift for me because I thought, oh my God, why am I so tired in the afternoon? I'm not diagnosed with any sort of chronic fatigue, but I think I have some a little bit where the afternoons I am wiped. Um, learning more about, you know, energy cycles, turns out, spoiler, everyone has like a lull in the early afternoon. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so what I learned was, is that if I really took two hours to like, maybe get lunch with a friend or go on a walk or just like lay down and do absolutely nothing, I could get a second wind again. But you know what, some afternoons, I don't get a second wind. And so I had to accept that about myself. And that made me um, able to make a, the better use of my morning once I removed that shame component. And then I could plan more accordingly when I needed to get work done. But that took years to accept and figure out and like really get into the rhythm of. Oh, I, I love that you shared that. Um, and I'm always, I mean, as a coach or, you know, someone who's running your own business after a while, you realize there are some things that you should let go of, but we learn the hard way. And so I'm always telling individuals that coaches or listening to podcasts can like catapult you light years ahead in whatever your goals are, because there are lessons learned that you don't have to bump your head. Like we've done it enough for you. And I love that you said, remove the shame, because that's exactly what it is. We, all of the shoulda, couldas, um, I should, like you said, when you're leaving the nine to five and transitioning to your own, it's like, okay, that apparently worked for this company because they had all of these employees. I should keep the same habits. And unfortunately, that's not correct. So I'm the night owl. Everybody knows, like, normally when my friends are waking up, I'm going to sleep. So wow. I, I'm going to bed at like two, three. Now, if I'm in a zone, it might push to four. I'm not as young as I used to be. So I can't do wow. that. That's incredible to me. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not getting up like and working, you know, the traditional hours of, honestly, I tell my friends, do not call me before 10. I don't verbally want to speak before 10. <laughs> I'm like, you can text me. My brain is functioning kind of, but I still don't have enough energy to like actually verbally speak um, unless I like have to have to. And then of course I, I prep myself for that. But like you said, it's the removing the shame because I was trying to force myself as well to fit into the traditional space. And um, one thing that I've accepted about being a multi-passionate is that I'm very different than a lot of people. And that is okay. Cause that's my superpower and to remove the shame from trying to blend in and be like everyone else and just do what actually works for you because it makes all yes. the difference in the world. So I, that I is the key. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, what's, um, it's cliche as it sounds. What's one thing you have to believe to achieve? I mean, my answer is just as cliche, but it's so true is when I, I think back to when I first started my first business, I had to just believe that if I took these big leaps of faith that like it would, I would just figure it out. And I remember my whole first year of my organizing business, I would, <laughs> I would go to bed every night thinking like, oh my God, I can't do this. Like, this is crazy. This is insane. I'm going to fail and it's going to be so embarrassing. And then I would say to myself, well, 
this is what we're doing. Like, this is just what's happening and you just have to trust. And I think, um, you know, the more you get into your business, you realize to be an entrepreneur, like you just have to throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. And sometimes it doesn't work and you just have to keep going. And that's what I, people when I was an OBM, you know, sometimes people would hire me and their business, it wouldn't always last. And, you know, that's really hard to see. Um, and what I noticed folks whose business didn't last, sometimes it was because they just, you know, they'd hit a roadblock or something would happen and then they'd give up. And what you realize is you just have to keep going and you just have to, I learned that I am so confident in myself that like, I know no matter what happens, even if the internet stops working, because when COVID hit, so many people's jobs were no longer available and they had to learn the internet. So I thought, what if the inverse happened? And all of a sudden I didn't have access to the internet. I know I have skills that I will somehow transfer and I will somehow be like an on the ground project manager. And I know I will figure it out. And you have to have these beliefs. Sometimes they feel ridiculous, but you just, you have to just keep going. Oh, I, I literally just had a conversation yesterday and um, the, my friend was like, well, you know, to actually be an entrepreneur, you have to have some level of being a sociopath. And I was like, don't. <laughs> and I, she was like, but no, hear me out. She's like, you have to believe the unbelievable. Like you really have to stick with it and just ride the wave and believe no matter what. And I was like, I know, but can we find a nicer way to say these things? But um. <laughs> But I think it, another word for it could be, you have to be a little bit delusional. <laughs> yeah. And so I came with the warm and fuzzies and I was like, let's just call it being a dreamer. Okay. <laughs> yes. That is the better. Yes. The yeah. dreamer. We're making our dreams come true. Of course. That far, exactly. But it really can be, as I say, the whispers of doubt are very loud. They're whispers. Nobody else yes. can hear them, but you, but oh my goodness, how loud they are. And I've recently been having more conversations um, with talk of us entering into a, a recession now. And a lot of new entrepreneurs are like, maybe I should go get a job. And the conversation evolved to that has been how we are conditioned. Like that is the safety net. It's to go get the job, not to really focus in or maybe like you said, switching up how you do things in business and maybe adding a different branch, a digital branch to your um, business itself. And the fear I hear and the fear I see, it's totally relatable and totally understandable. But I have, I, I encourage them because I also am a component of doing all the things, if you can, until all the things get in the way of purpose. Um, and so that thing that you're naturally good at, if the nine to five starts to get in the way, we might need to reconsider. But if you can do that and do this, I'm a component for that. Um, but to continue dreaming and continue doing because nobody can see your vision. You know, like without a shadow of a doubt that it's going to work. You really don't know how, but you know, it's going to work and to kind of stick with it. So throw those spaghetti at the wall. Some is going to stick, some is not because you're going to have to cook it a little bit longer. And that's how I see business as well. So, yes. And you know, what's funny. I, um, so I have this weird hobby of like obsessively checking the net worth of celebrities that I follow. Uh -huh. <laughs> 
for whatever reason. I'm like, I just want to know what Lindsay Lohan's net worth is because it changes <laughs> so drastically. And like, to me, that's really interesting. Um, and years ago, I think maybe even before I started my first business, I remember I was looking up someone's net worth and it was crazy to me that they were a millionaire. I was like, this person has millions of dollars. And then I had this moment where I was like, I could do that. I could be a millionaire. Now, I don't know if I really will ever be a millionaire, but like other people, these things that seem impossible for us, like other people do them all the time. And so it's like, you know, why not? Why not us? Yeah, exactly. I um, <clears throat> Same conversation with the sociopath friend we were talking about. Oh my goodness. <laughs> we were talking about how you there are people in life that you really know like personally and or you know on on in celebrities that you feel really are less competent than you and they are literally living the dream and i'm like for me it was literally a personal experience with one of my neighbors she's like i'm gonna go do this and i was like okay if you say so and she went off and she did it and i'm like now i know she's a little thrown to the left so if she can do it i know i can just do this business idea. Like, I know I can make it happen because I mean, the lights are on here. At least I feel like they are. Right. And so to your point, um, I actually just reposted something yesterday on um, Instagram and a young lady was saying that she's in this rooms with all of these million zillionaires and she's speaking and they're like, okay, don't be afraid. Normally people are intimidated because you're going to go between this millionaire and this millionaire on the stage. And they're both guys. And they're like, and they'll be in the front row while you're speaking. And she's like, all I remember thinking is, I really wish I had more time. And I'm not afraid, because I actually feel that I'm more competent than both of those individuals. Yes, and I mean, yeah, I love the phrase, if you ever have doubt, just pretend you're like a mediocre straight white guy. Yes. And it's like, I think, I don't know, I'm in space, I, through work, I'm in spaces with pretty much 99% women. And everyone's like, listen, no shade or hate. I don't mean to be negative, but there are so many times where I'll meet a dude who he is so confident and not competent. And I'm like, where, how, what? And they're successful. And I'm like, really, that's all it takes is just like blind confidence that you were taught as a child. And I'm not gonna lie, it totally works for me. <laughs> it really does. You're right. And, and I literally had to embody that. Um, when I went into full time entrepreneurship, I was like, I remember the younger version of me. And it was probably just mainly because I was naive, but I just jumped and I did. And I didn't think about all the negative consequences, right? And then of course life hits and now you're like, or personally I am all the way to the left and I'm risk adverse. And so now I'm trying to like move myself back to the middle. And I had to embody like the childhood concept of, okay, we're learning to walk, we fall, it hurt. Okay, get up and do it again. Like, why wouldn't you do it again? Instead of it hurt, don't do it again because you're going to break something, right? And I feel like that is most guys, like they literally have the audacity that they could do any and everything and succeed. And you're looking like, 
but there's such a simpler way to do that. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> why? Yeah. yeah. And yeah, and I, I think back to when I worked in offices and I, like there are so many cliches about like sexism, et cetera, in offices. And I look back and I'm like, wow, I can't believe like that all all of that was real. But now that I'm in spaces where it's mostly women, I'm like, okay, that part is gone. So the only piece that's missing is me and my confidence. <laughs> yes, that is that is a real reality. And I'm glad you highlighted that because like you said, most of my clients are women, like 99.9%. Um, there are very few males that I work with because you have to be willing to put your ego aside. Um, and I learned that the hard way. Um, and so you're right. Everybody's kind of on that same playing field when it comes to business. And it's just the only thing that's left is you and your confidence. That is mm -hmm. a mic drop quote moment that will be in the show notes. Uh, Cause that is, yes. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, and I can talk about this forever. So let me stay focused. Um, so what has embracing all aspects of you contributed to your success or equipped you to actually do what you do, that level of confidence that you embrace? Oh my gosh. So this is such a specific thing that happened in my business that was a game changer. So when I was a professional organizer, I I felt the need to not hide, but I I wanted to come off a certain way that wasn't me that I thought was professional. Um, and so, you know, I was a minimalist. So all the minimalist blogs and YouTube channels and like influencers I followed, they their color palette was like black, white nudes. And I I have trouble committing to things. I can't I can't commit to a color palette. So I was like, this is easy. I'm gonna wear only black and white. My house is gonna be only black and white. Like I, my Instagram is all black and white. And so like, I had this very clean, like aesthetic um, and it was very calm and serene and you know, it looked good, but two problems. One, I looked like every other person in my industry and two, that's not me. Like I am not chill. <laughs> and so um, when I, you know, got more and more comfortable as an OBM, um, which happened in 2020. Another thing that happened during COVID was I got super into roller skating. I and love I, this. I love roller skating. Actually, I actually recently broke my wrist roller skating and it took like four months to recover. And so like it, it was a whole thing. And I'm like, I, I can't wait to get back roller skating again. Um, but what happened in 2020 while I was learning to roller skate, anyone who's at all started roller skating during that time will know that there was a roller skate world shortage and the journey for me to get my roller skates is a whole other podcast story for a different oh. podcast but basically the only roller skates i could get were like bubblegum pink <laughs> which was not my colors everything else i owned was black uh black and white or beige um, or any neutral. And so I started following other roller skaters and they dressed so cute in like the seventies vintage pastels. They were so colorful. And so I, this shift happened where I was like, you know what? I always thought who I am as a businesswoman and who I am like outside of business had to be different. Like Lady Gaga versus Stephanie. 
Um, but that's not true. Like I'm a solopreneur. I'm not a big giant brand. And I realized I needed to do a whole rebrand where I could wear, I started buying colorful clothes and posting videos and pictures of myself and like loud, colorful clothes. My Instagram reels got like kind of wacky and sassy. And I totally, I started dropping like unicorn emojis everywhere and rainbows. Um, and what I found, which to me is like a huge duh, I can't believe I didn't realize this before, but once I was able to commit personally and in my business to being like this loud glitter, like rainbow vomit of a human, <laughs> I attracted people who were like, wow, I love your energy. I feel a little quirky too. Every time I introduce myself in a new Facebook group, I post a picture of me in my roller skates and everyone remembers me. They're like, you're that girl that roller skates and like pink roller skates. Um, and it made me the biggest part, the biggest benefit besides attracting people in a different way is I felt more comfortable in my business because I felt like I was being my authentic self. I'm like the fun big sis in business now. Um, and now I just want to lean even further into being who I really am aesthetically, personality wise, and in the way I work. Um, you know, one of my first bosses at an office job told me I need to stop using smiley faces and exclamation points in my email. And you know damn well how I use so many in my emails now. I put all kinds of emojis in because that's what feels right to me. And, you know, and that's how, anyways. I don't know how to end the story now that I'm thinking about it, but that is a huge shift for me. And I couldn't even believe I didn't see it before. I absolutely love all of this. I tell people all the time, I would wear sequins every day if I could, literally, <gasps> just because it's so pretty and sparkly. And like this whole interview, I've been looking at your nails. I'm like, they're so cute. <laughs> they're little cherries. I love them. And this Thank purple you. looks great on you too, by the way. Thank you. It's a jumpsuit. <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> I love that. that. Like it just makes my heart so happy. It, I mean, if you can, I told you, we had a conversation before recording about sure this is. Mickey Mouse shirt and how I was so obsessed with it. It's actually an outfit. It's a two piece. It comes with a little flirty skirt. Um. <gasps> And I and it matches, then I was like, ooh, I can mix and match these things. Anyway, for another day too. So yes, all of that sounds absolutely amazing to me. And mainly because as multi-passionates, we normally are conditioned from like childhood to dim our light and blend in and stop being so different and be like this person or go after the job that's all about the money and all the things that aren't you. And so a lot of times we end up, the only outlet that we have until we regain our voice is either some type of fashion, nails, um, something that allows us to express ourselves in the way that we really feel deep down inside. And so once you are able to embrace all of that, you like, like you said, you, you find your people because normally they're not in your area code or zip code. They're somewhere else across the world, which is also why I pray the internet never goes away because I'm able to meet amazing people like you um, just across the world. Half of my clients, I've known them for years at this point, and I've never met them in person. And so that would not be the case without the internet. And my favorite phrase is like, who going to check you, boo? Like, if you want to wear pink every day, who, who's going to check you? What, what are they going to say? 
And if they say something, do we really care? I mean, we used to really care, but we don't really care anymore. Um, so I absolutely love that response. I do, I do, I do. And I'm so excited that you embraced all of that. So many good things, even though a lot of bad things happened in COVID, but so many good things came out of that time period. Um, and I'm glad you found roller skating during that time period. Me too. <laughs> Okay, so last but not least, um, are there any shout outs in your squad, people that um, have helped you along the way, who you've connected with for success that you want to share with everybody else? Well, you kind of beat me to it because I always want to shout out Jordan Gill and the Done in a Day program and that community because you know, anytime I've gone to the virtual conference or anything I've ever done that she and her team has put on. I mean, we were talking about this, like, it's always incredible people like, you know, learning how to do a VIP day was honestly like, I don't know, 50% of the program. And then there's so much other stuff I learned and the community was so good. And so because of being in that space, I have met too many people to name even right now who are my new biz besties we collaborate together we learn from one another like really trusted people um who are the same energy as me like who are vibrant like me like you are um and so yeah i always have to sing jordan gill's praises i don't know how she does it but she she brings together like these amazing people that I am going to know for the rest of my life. And I'm excited to meet more of them at more of the conferences and whatever else she does in the future. Totally, totally seeing the same sentiments. And I, I really contributed to her being her and her authentic self. Right. So like she comes across so genuine and she doesn't perpetuate this sense of perfection is required for business. Right. And she's absolutely hilarious, in my opinion. So to your point of like bringing all of you and embracing who you are, you attract more of that. And so um, all of Jordan's stuff will be in the show notes too. Go find her. <laughs> you can click on my Instagram and be like, people Jatia follows and she's there. Um, so then just go follow her and you'll see why we, we say these things because she's absolutely amazing. So yes, totally. So you now sung her praises. Let's sing your praises. Please tell people where and how they can find you um, and go ahead and book their VIP day with you. Absolutely. If you're interested in doing a Dubsado VIP day with me, you can go to my website, devinlee.com, D-E-V-I-N-L-E-E.com. I also do some quarterly planning stuff. So check that out too. Um, and I have an elevated client journey workbook that you can get for free on my website to help you if you just want to start documenting your client journey, which is always the first step. Um, social media wise, I hang out on Instagram at Devin Lee OBM. I am doing fun, cool reels all the time. Um, and I, I don't know if this will be true once this podcast comes out, but someone convinced me to make a TikTok this week. <laughs> So my plan is to start making super fun, cool, educational TikToks in addition to Instagram. So if you're on TikTok, see if that's true next week <laughs> at Devin Lee OBM. I love that. I'm actually excited about this for whatever reason. Um, 
I don't know if you know the girl on TikTok that was like the Excel girl. That's how everybody knew her. She was doing all of these educational programs about Excel spreadsheets. And she blew all the way up. She has partnerships with um, HubSpot and everything right now. And so that's what came to mind when you said you were going to do educational TikToks. I was like, oh, Devin's about to change the business world via TikTok. And she doesn't even know it already. That would be my dream. I mean, I was so hesitant to do TikTok for obvious reasons, but I've been lurking for a few weeks. The content is way better. It's the videos are longer. You can learn stuff. Um, so, wow, I have to look her up when we're done chatting because that's my new goal, my new inspiration. <laughs> and she's quirky and funny too. So yes, definitely look her up. Um, I don't use TikTok as much as I should. I basically just repurpose stuff over there um, mm -hmm. because I fall into the rabbit hole and it's like two hours later and I'm like, but I do it's love so it. It's so addicting. It's so good. It's so good. It's bad. <laughs> right. And it's not so bad for me that as I'm scrolling, there's a guy that has a TikTok that's like, okay, you know, you've been on here too long. long Stop long. it. And, and he, he always pops up at like right in that hour and a half moment. And I'm like, oh, he's right. Let me put down the phone and walk away. Definitely oh, no. like her. Oh, yeah. Enjoy I your time. comes on to my For You page. <laughs> He just might be on the lookout for him. I was like, oh, he's God sent right now. But um, thank you so very much. I so enjoyed this conversation. Um, all of this will be in the show notes so you guys can find her. Please go find her. This has been helpful and definitely beneficial. And so if you guys are listening to this podcast episode, put in the comments how she's helped you, any feedback that you guys have, how much you've enjoyed her, how much her nails are so cute, any of the above. Um, and then we'll see you back next week. So thank you so much. Thank you. This was so much fun. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I know I learned so much, so I hope you had your pens and paper ready. And if not, go back and take a listen again and take notes because the gems that Devin was dropping were amazing, especially on this journey to entrepreneurship. There are a lot of things we don't know that we don't know. And I know she answered a lot of those questions that I had in the beginning in this episode. Thank you for joining me on another episode of the Confident and Courageous Clarity Podcast. I hope you'll come back next week and join us for some more. And I'll see you back here, same time, same place next week.